It's a Saturday, and I'm Kramer. It's Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Hope we're all enjoying our cloudy, gloomy day here in Kansas City. I know I am because I've been jazzed, enthusiastic, and all of the above, if you'd say, because of how the Major League Baseball postseason has been rolling, steamrolling. Heck, it's on the train going choo-choo all the way to the American League Championship Series and the National League Championship Series. As we'll discuss all of that today, we will also discuss many things, including some some buzz around St. Louis. A certain player could possibly be coming back to the Cardinals in some sort of capacity. I want to talk about the, the rest days in between the, the end of the season to the wild card to the divisional series. Because there's there's just there's so much to talk to about that. Is is a big uh, a big what if and what's going on between all the teams who've won over 100 games in the regular season? We'll discuss that. Fair or foul is gonna be short and quick today. Only a handful since there's only a handful of teams left in Major League Baseball doing anything. But let's just start with our ALCS NLCS preview. As always, you can chime on the show, tweet at me or X at me at Kramer Talks. Where you, if you have a question or anything, today we only go one hour, only nine to ten. Yeah, we I've got something to do after ten o'clock, so nine to ten is uh, is the time for today. So one hour of jam packed everything, you name it. Postseason baseball talk, everybody. It's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun one. The ALCS NLCS preview. Let's start with over on the American League side of things. Since I mean we're in Kansas City, this is an American League town. So Rangers win if Astros win if. Let's start with the Rangers. The Rangers can win if. Pitching can control all the Astros' big boppers. They came out and they performed. The the Astros hitters, they they did. They came out and performed against the Minnesota Twins. Heck, they I, I mean I predicted it. The Astros one and four. The Astros one and four. So pat myself on the back knowing how good baseball is. And the pitching just needs to just needs to go out there and shine like it has been. It, the starting pitching has actually been carrying them through the most part of this postseason. It, 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 like exceptionally through the Rays series, now with the Orioles series, and now moving on to the Astros, which it's the Battle of Texas, everybody. The Battle of Texas is here. We have Arlington, Texas, taking on the Houston, Texas. So it's it's going to be a fun matchup on the American League side of things. But also, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is going to pitch in this series. Are, are we all excited for that? Are we excited the fact that he didn't do that great this year in the regular season? We, we already know that. And now, I mean, he's not starting game one. Game one's um, starting pitchers are Jordan Montgomery and Justin Verlander. But at some point in this series, we will see Max Scherzer pitch for the Texas Rangers. He's had some simulated um, rehab stints now. He's been working himself back to this sort of mantra of getting himself into, I guess, regular season slash postseason form. Because we already know it's... Postseason and regular season is just two different beasts when it comes to baseball. It's that grind, that marathon, and now it's just a, a one-month sprint to get to get to the World Series. Remember, everybody right now has only eight more wins left to secure the World Series. That you know that, that shiny piece of metal that Rob Manfred alluded to a few years ago. But Max Scherzer, he's going to pitch this series. I'm actually kind of I'm excited for it, and he needs to. I think needs to somehow dip back into his Cy Young form capabilities because he was lacking that all year this year with the New York Mets and in, including the Texas Rangers stint that he's had since 
being joined there, being traded there mid part of the season. So I'm hoping that we're going to see some sort of goodness from him because the starting pitchers need to carry them. Because I'm I'm curious what the bullpen's going to do. Also, we need to see Corey Seager. He, he has to he has to shine like he is the MVP of the American League. I mean, he's probably not going to win the MVP this year. Clearly, it's probably going to be Shohei Otani, which it should be Shohei Otani winning the American League MVP. But back behind him, this right behind him, just right, he's just like on the cusp of his heels, is Corey Seager. Corey Seager played phenomenal this year. He, I think he batted like a 333 this the regular season. Pretty much that's carried over now into the postseason. He needs to come out there and he needs to be this team leader. Clearly with Marcus Simeon and also even the young guy like Jonah Heim. Like they, they all need to come up as a cohesive unit and continue to hit the ball like they've been doing in the past two series. I was absolutely stunned and blown away that they were able to sweep the Baltimore Orioles. I, I was absolutely shocked. But the Orioles didn't have the pitching. And all the good hitters that the Rangers have on this team has continued to outdo themselves. Like This was a, a Texas Rangers team that got really hot with the final week and a half of the regular season, and it seems like it has carried over into October. And it's October 14th. Games will start on Sunday, October 15th. And I'm curious how if this little break that they've had since Tuesday, the Rangers haven't played a game since Tuesday, Tuesday. Let's see how they transition. But the Astros played on Wednesday, I believe. They, their final game was on. So they at least have one extra day of rest Rangers do. But who knows how the timing will be affected by that. So Rangers need to win. They win if the, their pitching can just outdo outduel the, the Astros pitching. That's just that's a proven fact. But it's going to be hard with this Astros pitching because they also, the Astros have a little bit of a, a nucleus forming around them. This is a team filled with grizzled veterans who've been here, done that, how you doing, keep it moving. This is That's the Astros team. They've also have some young guys on this team who've already had postseason experience to where it could also carry them and elevate them even more past the Texas Rangers. So Astros win if Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Abreu can out-hit the Rangers pitching. They're going to have to tap into this Rangers bullpen. There has yet to be a high-leverage appearance for Texas Rangers bullpen through this postseason. We haven't seen them do anything detrimental since the final game of the regular season when the Seattle Mariners won one to nothing to get them out of the first place of the division. So with that being said, the bullpen was horrendous down the stretch end of the final final of the regular season. It just was. And I'm curious now, since you're going against a team that's obviously going to put up hits, who's obviously going to put up some runs, I'm curious if the bullpen's going to be enacted even more. Maybe it's a, say, Jordan Montgomery pitches tomorrow. Maybe he only goes four innings. Maybe he goes five innings. It's going to be it's going to be a stunner if he doesn't go six because he's just been out there and just playing his tail off. It, it, he's kind of looked like, He's kind of looked like the, from me watching Jordan Montgomery, once he was traded from the New York Yankees to the St. Louis Cardinals, he was just absolutely phenomenal on the mound. He's that right now. So if somehow the Astros hitters can get him out of the game early and try to test up the test up the, the Rangers bullpen, which, by the way, Rangers have yet to lose a game this series in, in this postseason. 
You know who also hasn't done that? Is the Diamondbacks. So I'm curious how they do in transition. But sticking with the, the Rangers' bullpen, it was bad. Like, Aroldis Chapman was blowing it. And I remember Aroldis Chapman, old friend alert here in Kansas City, he only, he only played a cup of coffee here. But it was just bad. Like, every, like, the bullpen was just blundering. The bullpen blunders. It does. The Rangers' bullpen isn't the best in the world. It's just not. Maybe Chris Stratton, you know, he was a former Cardinal. Maybe he can help help them out a little bit. But who knows? They, the, but with the boppers on that um, on this team with Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Abreu, to name a few. Heck, you can even, you can put Kyle Tucker in there. But Jose Altuve, like there's just from top to bottom, this lineup is so good. There's no no high leverage situations. If the Astros can get to this bullpen early, this will be the biggest test for the Texas Rangers. I think. I think the Astros won the series. I would. I don't want the Astros win the series, but I do. I think this game. I think this goes seven games. We're going to start in Houston. We're going to finish in Houston. And I think the Astros win seven, and they'll go on to another World Series. Maybe they win. Maybe they don't. But it'd be kind of cool to see a rematch from next season, from last season actually, for this season. Now let's go on the National League um, a Championship Series preview. Phillies win if Diamondbacks win if. Phillies win if the crowd can help take over the game for them. I feel and I can sense from watching this game that the players feed off this wild, crazy fan base that we call Philadelphia. Remember, this is a team that has the, they have to, the, the fans there, the, I, I'm not sure who does it. Maybe it's the city of Philadelphia itself, but they have to grease up. Light poles, traffic lights, road signs, because after every game, it seems like someone's climbing a pole or something. And they don't want them to hurt anybody. The fans don't want to be getting hurt from falling off because you already know they're probably heavily intoxicated out there, fans that obviously are celebrating just like what the Philadelphia Phillies players were doing just recently. You know they celebrate that way. We know this. The Phillies players, they feed off that so much. You can just tell what Bryson Stott does, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, heck, even JT Realmuto, his stone-cold face that he has always. You know they all feed off that. Heck, I would feed off that if I was a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. So if they can somehow get that crowd going, because we're starting off, I believe, I believe we're starting off in Philadelphia, because I believe the Dimax were the sixth seed going in. So if that's the case, Philly is going to be absolutely wild. Even it was this 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 past series against the Braves, like the Phillies are the Braves' daddy for the past two seasons. That's the case. That's the scenario. The Phillies just outpitched, they outhit the Braves by ten percent. Not even by ten percent, by ten times. Ronald Acuna Jr. batted a one seventy six. Remember, this is a 40-70 guy. 40 home runs, 70, 70 stolen bases. Didn't do much this past series. Heck, I got a little bit more to talk about with this series uh, later on in the fair or foul segment because one guy was just broken because of the the, the, the Philly fan base. But we'll, we'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the, fan, in, in the fair or foul. But you also need guys like Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner, who's been, I think he's been kind of quiet this series. He's due to start bopping the Phillies are good the Phillies are a beast 
I I was absolutely shocked that they're at this point once again. It's 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 the fact that the Phillies are here again, and if they do not win, it's just going to be a heartbreaker for this city. Remember last year, the Phillies made the World Series. Guess who also made the Super Bowl? The Eagles. Philadelphia did not win either one of those. So they're they're hungry. They're, it's, it reminds me a little bit of, which I'm also probably going to, um, uh, this team reminded me of another team as well, the exact same one. But with the Kansas City Royals, back in 2014, they made the World Series. They lost to Madison Bumgarner, but they made the 2015 World Series and they won then. Can the Phillies do that? Can they? They might. But this crowd, can. they just got to get behind them. The crowd can get behind them. The sky is the limit for the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, the Diamondbacks win if they continue to play small ball correctly. This is a small market baseball team, whether you want to believe it or not. This is the, this is a, a team that nobody expected to be where they're at. This is a team that nobody expected to sweep. They swept the Dodgers. Yeah, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who plays the, the it's like the second cousin. Nobody is he's an afterthought. Nobody expected them to sweep the Dodgers. They did. They outpitched. They outhit. They definitely outpitched them. It, it was it, it was a good series. It was a sweep. They brought the brooms out. They have yet to lose a game this postseason run. Now, if they play that correctly, they're going to win this series. They play a small ball correctly. The, the Diamondbacks remind me of this team in general reminds me of the Kansas City Royals run. Small market team. You have your guys that are your young guys that are finally all clicking, firing at all cylinders. And Corbin Carroll's just a beast. Corbin Carroll might have the longest barrel rate through the zone that I've ever seen. He's always making contact. You might tell Marte as well, the Marte Parte. I mean, that's the Starling Marte Partes. Usually that's for, but I'm stealing that for Cattell Marte. There's one guy on the Diamondbacks that needs to get going, though. That's their first baseman, Christian Walker. He could take over the series with his bat, and I'm hoping he does that as well. Also, midseason acquisition that personally I thought was like, okay, why would you trade for this guy when you already have a closer in Andrew Chafin? But yet you traded Andrew Chafin to Milwaukee. Guess where the how that ended? Milwaukee's not even in the playoffs anymore because you know who uh, beat them? The Arizona Diamondbacks. But them acquiring Paul Seawald from the Seattle Mariners, I think put this team over the top because they at least know they have a lockdown guy no matter what when it comes to when it comes to the final if you need six outs out of Paul Seawald, he'd give it for you. But with three outs remaining in the game. You know you can turn the ball over to him and he can get all three outs and just be like you can you can have that sense of relief knowing he can go in there and get the three outs that needed. I thought I telling you, I thought it was a head scratcher when they traded for him. I really did. But it, I think it worked out on both sides. Well, not for the Seattle Mariners, because the Seattle Mariners probably could have used the Paul Seawall to make the postseason, but that's neither here or there. But if the Diamondbacks can get all this out of there. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I think the Phillies win this series. I do. And I think it's going to be like, it's not going to be a sweep. 
It won't be four games. I think the Phillies won in five. I think the Phillies... It's, 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 that's the thing. It's hard with this series because Philadelphia, they don't lose at home. They don't. So I, I find it hard to believe them losing, not losing game one or game two. I could see them losing game three. They win game four. I'm trying to think how I'm trying to think how the series goes. Do they win? They play two games there, two games. No. Two, three, two. That's how it goes. They win in six. Phillies win in six. They don't lose at all when it comes to being at home. They'll win a game in Arizona. I'm just I'm sorry for the little bit of pause. I'm just trying to think analytically how each game's gonna go in my mind really quick. Yeah, Phillies and six. Phillies and six. I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot of good baseball. Oh, I'm getting it. Oh no, don't update now. Man, I need to I need to rehire that 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 gerbil or hamster I used to have because it's uh it's uh it's it's starting to take a toll in here. Now I got to update this uh, this laptop, this desktop. Apparently in two hours, I won't be here in two hours, so that's good. At least I won't be kicked off the air because of it. All right, so great regular season teams cannot capitalize in the postseason, it feels like. And there might be two different reasons why that's the case. What really is to give, though? 100 win baseball teams did not fare well at all in the postseason. Baltimore Orioles, bounce, they out. Dodgers, they out. Braves, they're out. Ronald Cooney Jr. batted 176. For the Dodgers, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts combined for one of 22. That one hit between the two of the guys was an infield single. And I'll let, I'll let you guess who the infield single was from. And if you said Mookie Betts, because he's a more of a, a quicker guy, he's a little leaner, slender, and he can make it probably beat out that throw, it wasn't him. Mookie Betts didn't even have a single hit that series against the Diamondbacks. It was Freddie Freeman who got the infield single. How is that even possible? Heck, if I could be that and, and get infield single, I know I'm slow as you know what. I'm like a I'm like a donkey when it comes to running the bases. But they combined one of 22. I believe the rest between the end of the regular season, watching the wild card and getting to the divisional series is detrimental to the number one seed, the number two seed. I think it is. And people are going to argue with me saying, but if you're that good of a baseball team, you should know a way and have it already figured out how you're going to train, practice, you name it, to get past the team that's coming off the world wild card win. Here's the thing. They're, the wild card teams have already adapted to what the postseason feel already is. They're also still staying fresh from them looking at the pitches. Remember, if your eyesight, we'll put this in perspective here. I play baseball on Sundays. Not anymore, though, because, I mean, regular seasons are with, even though even our postseason's over with. I would go to the batting cages t- about once or twice a week every single week throughout the weekday because I wanted to be prepared 
and I wanted to be ready for what the pitch is to see on Sunday. And I know for a fact my team, we barely practice, barely anybody went to the batting cages, and I went to the batting cages, and I'm always looking at 80-mile-an-hour pitches because I know there's maybe a, like a couple or two guys in my league that throws 80-plus. So at least I know if I can tie myself at the 80-mile-per-hour mile per hour machine, I would be good for, for Sunday. I mean, I batted a 420 in the regular season for our league. Little team in RBIs. So I was preparing myself for it to get to where I needed to be. But the people who did not look at the batting cages, did not go there, did not see the 80-mile-an-hour pitches from my team, how, how well did you think they did? Probably about a 200, which that, that's, that's the case for most of the guys. That's not a knack on them. It's just looking at numbers, knowing what I put my effort into the game and the results that came from my effort. Now, when it comes to, I, I, granted, I know this is a, a, a wooden bat league here in Kansas City compared to all of the professionalism of Major League Baseball. I, I get it. I know. But bear with me. If you are a team that has been resting and sitting for over close to a week, you know your timing. I know, I know you practiced. I know you were hitting off a tee. I know you saw live pitches. I know you saw simulated, you had simulated games between each other. I know that. That's just how practice works. But there's a difference between having a simulated game aspect and feel of a game while you're practicing compared to a live action game between two different teams. You could be adjusted. You can be relaxed when it comes to playing your teammates. You can. Heck, I've experienced that throughout any point of time of wherever I played baseball. Whether it was high school. Whether it was in college. I know that. But there's a difference between seeing different pitches that are being thrown at you at close to 100 miles per hour against the teammates that you already know compared to players like, like say if you're the, the Diamondbacks, Clayton Kershaw's on the mound. Diamondbacks absolutely roped Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw had an ERA of a 142. That is absurd. That is it's the average ERA. I would say like the best you could have average wise is like a 350, 3.5, 3.5. Clint Kershaw had a 142 because the Diamondbacks pitchers or hitters were ready. They already played a series against the the the, the Milwaukee Brewers. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, you could classify them as sitting in the pine while watching that series. Like I said, they batted for one of 22. It's not, there, there's got to be something to change. Whether it's like you can't give more time off to people. Why can't we just, instead of having the divisional series, five games, like best of five, so the first team to win three, just make it a seven game series? I feel like that'd be fair because you're getting the other team adjusted a little bit more. Who is the one seed? Who is the two seed? More adjusted. And now people are going to be like, yeah, but Kramer, the Houston Astros were able to, to get past that for the past two seasons. They had their little sit. They had their little break. But yet they won. But then you riddle me this. 
Why was it that the other three teams could not make it? And it's all about numbers, right? So there's a 25% chance the higher seeds all advance. Because if there's one and two, one and two, that's four. And only one made it through, that's one. So one out of four is 25%. That's a low number. It's a low, 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 low number for a one or two seed to move on in. Astros are just good. Top to bottom, probably the second best, most complete team in baseball behind the Atlanta Braves, and they got they got bounced by the Phillies. I digress. I digress. This is Sarah Craig right here on the Bet 1660. You can chime in, as always, on the X app slash Twitter. Tweet at me, at Kramer Talks. There's a, uh, there's a player that might come back for, uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. He might come back, but in a different capacity. I'll discuss next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Welcome back into Sarah's of Kramer, right here on the Bet 1660. Some Creed uh, throwing at you right now. Take it higher. So the Rangers clubhouse, to get them going for the for the final stretch of the regular season, I guess when they got in their slump, they, they started playing Creed in the clubhouse. And I guess Creed took them higher. And got them to where they are in the American League Championship Series. Well, I guess they're going to continue to keep on doing it. So maybe they can take the, the Rangers higher to where they can be in the postseason. Awesome. I love it. Anything that anything that's odd and, and weird and wacky that can get you going, such as just listening to Creed every single day, which can get a little old, but you know what? Not really. Not not really whatsoever. Uh so as Creed distracted me. There's a player for the St. Louis Cardinals could make his potential comeback. Yadier Molina, a rumor or a speculation has been floated around. Give us a listen from uh, the TKO via Fox 2 in St. Louis. Take a listen to this. And time now for the Kill Coin Opinion. TKO brought to you by the Pasta House. The Cardinals have been quiet. Then again, no reason to call a press conference unless you have something to announce. But I do think there's plenty going on behind the scenes. We know Ali Marmol is coming back as manager. What about the staff around him? Keep in mind, in 2022, Marmol had Mike Maddox and Skip Schumacher in the dugout. 
Not to mention Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina on the team. It's a lot of experience to lean on. A lot of veteran voices missing in 2023. Which brings me back to Molina. The Cardinals need to beef up their staff. Add someone who Ali respects and would listen to. Someone the players respect and would listen to. I think Molina checks that box. Enough so, I'm told, there's mutual interest. Keep in mind, this wouldn't just be a publicity stunt or a way to excite a frustrated fan base. Molina has managed at the international level, and it's believed he wants to manage in the big leagues. This would be a step in that direction. Now, at this point, I don't think the Cardinals have made an offer, and it's not clear if Molina would accept. But the idea of Yachty back to the Cardinals is on the table. And after their disastrous season, everything should be on the table. I'm all for this. I, I am absolutely all for this. I would... <laughs> they need this. If you think about it, so Skip Schumacher is supposed to be the bench coach or the, yeah, the bench coach this past season ends up getting an, a, the head coaching gig in Miami. So he's the Marlins head coach, which by the way, first season, took the team to the postseason. That's awesome. Maybe the second second year, it maybe gets past the wild card round. Let's see. We'll find out next year. Matt Holiday, what's his replacement? Matt Holiday decided to leave right before regular um, before opening day. Left everything into a uh, into a big question mark, a big swirl around what the heck's going on between Ali Marmel and the players around him that are his coaches. We already know that the final season of Yachty's year, career, in St. Louis, he was managing the game from the way it looks like from our standpoint and eyes. Remember, he, 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 he caught the Cardinals to, a, to the postseason. Granted, they got swept by the Phillies. Uh, that, that was just... Uh, yeah, they got flipped by the Phillies. Still annoyed by that. And this would help make the Cardinals, I believe, more fluid, especially from the pitching, the catching standpoint. Because Ollie Marmel does not know how to manage a game. Do- doesn't give the sense, the feel, the urgency, give the, all the keys to Wilson Contreras until mid-part of the season. And by then, it was already too late. It was way too late for the Cardinals to try to make a comeback and uh, making it towards a postseason run. This is one of the worst seasons the St. Louis Cardinals has ever had. And what gives me a slimmer of hope is the fact that Yachty wants to be a manager at the major league level. It just makes me smile. It makes me happy because if he can get the bench coach job, be the assistant to Ali Marmel, and if Ali Marmel doesn't really have a good season because we already know he's coming back. We already know it. I'm already annoyed by it, but he's coming back. This is Yachty's job. Just imagine Yadier Molina finishing out his stored regular season career in baseball, taking one year off of baseball, coming back as the bench coach, and then becoming the next heir to the throne of being the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. He's, if, there, if, you, if you already know what the Cardinal way is, Yadier Molina is already bought in. He already knows what the Cardinal way is. And now he can actually help people adapt even more to said Cardinal way 
and get them to reach new heights because that is exactly what they need. Yadier Molina is going to be a Cardinal forever, and I hope that actually happens because I, I would be giddy like the, like the five-year-old self I was when I went and watched my first ever Major League Baseball game in St. Louis. I was, that, that was fun. I, I, don't, I remember only bits and pieces of it, but I know for a fact, as a young chap, I was so happy. And I fell in love with the sport then. Fell in love with the atmosphere. Fell in love with everything. You name it. Fell in love with it. Even at the old donut stadium. The old donut of Bush One. Love it. I hope this happens. That that's that that's uh that article that came out yesterday from the, the Tiki, the article, video on from Fox 2 there in St. Louis, it really brightened up my day. It did, because I could see it happening right now. And then I feel like also if Yachty comes in and becomes a part of the coaching staff, I think that also brings in some, some high-talented pitchers. Knowing you're going to work with a good catcher in Wilson Contreras, and then two, the guru of all catchers of Yadier Molina. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he's not, then all the I don't know what the heck the voters are smoking or drinking, or I ain't gonna say that one because I don't. I'm not even sure if I can even say that one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even gonna think about even saying it. You pitchers, high caliber pitchers, pitchers who are a part of the elitist right now in baseball. Like, I don't know. Say if you trade for a Tyler Glass now. Trade for a Tyler Glass now. You th- you think he's going to be happy of the fact that Yadier Molina is going to be there to help coach him? I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's uh, I, I hope it happens. Because if that does happen, only good things will happen to St. Louis. Should, uh, should we throw analytics away? When it comes to postseason baseball, I think we do. I think we do. The, the analytics need to be thrown out because when it comes to postseason, it's a different different mantra, different type of season. You have two seasons when you play in baseball, regular season and the postseason. The analytics work greatly in regular season ball. You can look at the Tampa Bay Rays. They have made the postseason consecutively now for what five six seven years in a row because they are a team that went all heavily in to the analytics base to get them there and don't get me wrong they're a damn good baseball team to get there to the postseason but they don't win they just they don't what was the last time Tampa Bay Rays won a World Series I'll wait Oh, wait. There isn't a time. There isn't a time. Every time they get to the World Series, they lose. So, take it for what a grain of salt is. It somewhat works every once in a while that they'll get there, but they do not win. You have got to take the analytics out of everything when it comes to postseason baseball. Whether if it is the hitting, whether if it is the pitching, you were able to get there. Now, if you have a guy that's pitching his tail off and at 47 pitches in the game, 
you remove them because of a, I guess, a high leverage situation that you want to go to the bullpen, and then that backfires. You were relying way too much on the analytics of the game. You have to have some sort of feel, some sort of realism when it comes to the game. And I think Whit Merrifield said it perfectly on the Foul Territory show about him reflecting on Jose Barrios's being pulled after 47 pitches when it was the Twins versus Blue Jays back in the wild card round. We've gotten so focused and so stuck on numbers and not letting a pitcher face a lineup for a third time or this righty face this righty or we can't let this lefty face this lefty. When you're locked in and you're going, it doesn't matter that I'm, I don't care when I'm, when I'm feeling good, I don't care if they got a right-handed submariner or a slinger coming in throwing 95 from the side. It doesn't matter because I'm locked in and I'm going to, I'm going to hit this guy, you know, and even if the numbers say over, the course of the year, the course of my career, I don't hit this guy very well. When I'm locked in, I guarantee you I do. Ozzy was locked in, and I guarantee you if he had cruised through that that lineup again a second time, that third time, it wouldn't matter because his stuff was sharp and he was cruising and he was he had that competitor uh, get out of my way look in his eye. And I think a lot of times that gets lost in, in – the way we evaluate today's game, and it's kind of it's it, it's a shame. It definitely is a shame, Whip. It seriously is. Barrios was out there shoving. He probably would continue to shove after that. Remember that new stadium, that new stadium that the Twins have is the house that Jose Barrios built and brought fans into the stadium. I would have loved to see what Jose Brios could have done. He's an absolute stud when it comes to being on the mound. Now, other studs who've been on the mound, possibly that mound, I'm assuming Corbin Burns have played on that mound, but Corbin Burns, Milwaukee Brewers, he joined the foul territory show as well. And this is what he had to say reflecting on Jose Brios being pulled. Yeah, I've personally never been in that spot. Um you know, I've, I've got a good relationship with counts that if I'm throwing the ball well and he comes up to me and asks, you know, how you're doing? Um, if, I, if I say good, it's it's good. Okay, keep going. So I haven't had that situation where you know, I may be dealing and, and he comes and says, hey, you know, you're done, that kind of thing. So I haven't come across that. Um, but, yeah, being in his situation, I think would be tough. Um, you know, I, I think from from his side of it, you got to be like, like, yeah, I'm throwing the ball well, but there's also the understanding of elimination game and if they feel like there's better matchups. Um you know, there's a lot smarter people that are looking at that and um, saying, hey, this guy, you know, doesn't have, you know, has good numbers against you. It's the second time through, third time through, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think analytics, obviously, as much as we, you know, like it or dislike it, um, it's becoming more and more and more prevalent in the game. Um, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think if if I'm out there dealing, um, you know, let me go. Because, you know, stuff is different when you're throwing well versus, you know, when you got there, your B or C stuff. So, um, it's definitely tough. It's definitely, you know, I, th- I think it's kind of something similar. We saw a few years back with with the breaks, the Blake Snell scenario in Tampa. Um, it just kind of seems like there's always one situation that comes up every year where a manager is going to be questioned, and you know, that's just part of the game. You've got to take the analytics out of the game, especially in the postseason. You just have to. Because you have a guy like Corbin Burns, who's probably at the same exact level of the of, of an eliteness 
when it comes to pitching, he's, he, he said his manager, Craig Council, if he's feeling good, he's still continuing to go because he's that dominant and that good that he can take over a game, just like Jose Barrios. There is a time and a place when it comes to analytics, and the postseason is not one of them. And that is a proven fact, and it will be continued to be proven correctly for years on out. Because when was the last analytical baseball team to win a World Series? Is it the Kansas City Royals? No, they're just a small ball team. They're the do everything right, bun a person over. Analytics doesn't like bunning people over. That's you don't. Analytics doesn't want you to get an out. I'm curious. What are you, what are your guys' thoughts? What are you, what are you, who is the who's the last anal, analytical baseball team that you think has won a World Series? The closest one to think for me is the Kansas City Royals. And I don't even think they're even an analytical baseball team. Now they are. That's what they are now. I mean, and you can tell how the analytics is fair, fair and for them. What, 50 wins this year? Was it 50? Did they get over 50? I know they lost 100 games. I digress. Nick Castellanos is a savage. I'll discuss more next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. This is a Saturday with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Some A-OK. Bryson Stott's walk-up music here. It's a good song. That's also great when the uh, when the crowd also uh, gets behind it. So it's yeah no I it's 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 great I love it when the crowds get into all of it like they they just take over everything and it's a good it's it's just fun because I mean you could hear the even when his uh, hit his grand slam you heard all everybody in the crowd singing and then bam grand slam crowds going erupting and a roaring a roaring it was just it was just it was fun it was awesome but also the crowd erupts and roars when this guy hits a home run, especially for his second one of the game. In this game. Castellanos, high fly ball, way back, goodbye. Nick Castellanos is an absolute stud. And after the Phillies clinched, he, he joined MLB Network. This was his first quote he said. I mean, yeah, I f*** with Philly. Yeah, no, that's Nick Castellanos. That's the, uh, that's the mantra. That's the savageness. Nick Castellanos. I mean, yeah, I f*** with Philly. He's awesome. He's awesome. It's not his first time dropping the F-bomb on TV either. He's, he says it how it is. He is one of the best personalities when it comes to baseball, and he's all for it. Such a stud. And he, he was also another person that got under skin and under the, 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 just under the skin of one Atlanta Brave player, Orlando Arcia, even with, even with uh, Bryce Harper. He made a comment on Twitter. 
Attaboy Harper after being doubled up to end the game back in game two, I believe. It was either game one or game two. And, heck, Harper didn't see it, but his friend, his teammates told him. Bryce, how were you made aware of Arcea's comment? Did you read it on your phone? Did somebody point it out to you? Did you hear somebody talking about it? Yeah, just my teammates. That's about it. Um, you know, and they just kind of told me, and then they looked at me, and they were like, what are you going to do? You know what Bryce Harper did? Bryce Harper, that next game, well, after those postseason, um, postseason comments that he had in the pressure there, he had two home runs. Absolute stud. And I'm a, I'm a guy that has been quoted on record saying that I could not stay in Bryce Harper. I just, I, he wasn't for me. He wasn't my flavor. Mike Trout was my flavor. <laughs> Bryce Harper's won me over. Like, I, he's grown up, he's matured, and now he's just out here making people cry and making people go berserk, molestic, everything. You name it. Let's go into fair or foul. Fair or foul. Orlando Arcia has shown... On video, on cam- not on camera, on TV, but on video behind the dugout, Phillies fans are getting under the skin of Orlando Arcia, and Ar- Arcia is yelling, Cayete, which means shut up in his native tongue. And, yeah, that's, he w- he was, and Ronald Cooney Jr. is like consoling him, like telling him, hey, stop it. Stop looking back at them. Stop trying to make, uh, and he's like even putting, uh, making his tongue out doing like the, the moose antlers going back and forth. Going, oh, man, I just my tongue just hit the, the pop filter. That's not good. Oh, I shouldn't have been acting like I was doing it while you guys can't even see me doing it. And I, I did it, and I uh, I licked the, uh, the the pop filter here. And I, I can only imagine how much. Uh, yeah, that's gross. Oh, man, that's foul. Fair on the, the Braves, not, not the Phillies fans getting under the skin. They broke them. And uh, foul on me having my tongue hit this. Ugh. Gross. Oh, that gave it. I don't know if I want to do this show anymore. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. I hope I don't get sick from that. Okay, fair or foul. Brandon Woodruff, Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, is going to be is gonna miss most, not if all the 2024 season, undergoing surgery on his right shoulder. The Brewers announced that yesterday. And this is just sad. Brandon Woodruff's. The one-two combo punch between him and Corbin Burns, that's why they win so many games. That's why they made the postseason. This is foul. I wish he makes a speedy recovery, and I hope he does it really quickly. Fair or foul, Phillies Garrett Stubbs is going to be an absolute legend for the outfit that he wore to Clint after the, the clinching game of the National League Championship Series. Garrett Stubbs, there's a photo of him being interviewed by CBS News. He has a Budweiser box that you would uh, that you would have beer in uh, on top of his head he is soaked in beer champagne water you name it probably not water there's about what 75 90 some percent of beer is water so take that for what you will he's got a beer in hand he's he's got oh, Philadelphia Phillies overalls on it's like painter Phillies like painter uh, painter overalls with Phillies colors on it it's a powder blue with the splotches of the the maroon, the burgundy, and white. And he looks like he's having himself a blast. Legend. Garrett Stubbs is more like Garrett Studs because he's a, he's a stud. Stud alert for Stubbs. 
Oh man, that's awesome. That's fair. I I love postseason baseball. Postseason baseball is fun, especially when your team's in it. When your team's not in it. It's just fun to look from afar, but you're not all the way invested in it. But I suggest everybody to get into a. I I made a bet already for the Orioles to win. Clearly, that's not happening. Pick your team. There's four teams left. Twin, no, oh, twins are out. Kramer, you can't say twins. Rangers, Astros, Phillies, Diamondbacks. I'm riding with the Phillies. I'm riding with them. Let's go. This has been Sarge Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Hope you all have a lovely and wonderful day. Stay safe. Put a smile on your face, Kansas City, because you don't know who needs to see it. Have a good one. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.